The Max Verstappen record-breaking streak continues. Charles Leclerc's heartbreak streak continues. And Aston Martin has re-entered the chat. This is Into the Chicana Formula One podcast, the post-Brazilian Grand Prix edition. We're your host. I'm Channing Apodaca. That is Brandon Wood. Yo. My goodness. Inta Lagos continues to be great. The best track in F1. Yeah, if not one of the best, it's definitely. When you say one of the best, who else do you think is even in that discussion? I'm I'm a sucker for Coda. Coda's I'm good. S- sucker for um, Monza is pretty cool. Uh, All know. for different reasons. Yeah, uh, I like Zandvoort too. Yeah. Uh, this year was kind of biased because it produced a little bit better racing under the new regulations, which is a good thing. Suzuka's good. Yeah. They're all great answers. I'm kind of weirdly biased towards Baku for some reason, and I don't know why. Why? I don't know. I think it's the best street race of the year. It's, I mean, it's a, it's pretty amazing city. Just, just, you know, just that might be it. But like when you think about it, the racing, other than a couple straights and maybe a few corners, it doesn't doesn't really lend to itself to yeah. That. Turn what is it? Turn two into like the castle. You can kind of make a pass. Like I think Pierre Gasly's made a few good passes there. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Interlagos, though, reigns supreme. It's a track that look it makes Formula One look like go-kart races. It's literally, it's the most conducive track to Formula One racing as we know it today. It's the best. If they raced it 24 times a year, I think everybody would be happy. They should be racing it uh, forwards, backwards, sprints, non-sprints. Every track built going forward should be based off of this. I'm serious. No, I think No, I think it's cool to have a couple tracks on the schedule that are outside of this or maybe a little weird have different characteristics you know i don't think that every circuit should be the same or have the same types of corners and stuff like that but but if it did would you be upset maybe not upset but i would maybe be looking for some more variance in the tracks see i think if we got used to the quality of racing that interlagos produces and then they came out with uh you know monza or something completely different We'd watch that race and be like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah. Oh, oh, cool. One really long straightaway. Cool. Yeah. But I mean, when when you're designing a car and you're looking at the entire schedule, you kind of have to make uh, sacrifices in certain areas. And some teams yeah. try to I mean, that's target. what makes Formula One Formula One. Yeah. So I think it would be pretty boring if all the tracks were like Interlagos. Although it doesn't mean that this is not an amazing track. But mm, I don't know about boring. But either way, regardless... One hell of a race, and uh, to do it on a sprint weekend, I think, is the right way to do Interlagos. You get more more racing, more exciting action, and that's exactly what Interlagos proved. Not just this year, last year, year before that, as always. So um, let's get into it. They had one practice session going into the weekend. Rain was imminent, mm-hmm. right? Or not even imminent. I think it was a, it was like a 50 to 60% chance of rain by Friday morning Yeah, for them. Um, and then the, by the time qualies showed up, holy shit, things took a turn for the worse. Yeah, I think there was, was it like eight minutes left in Q3 and saw a gigantic, just black storm. Yeah, it come over the circuit. It looked like the scene in uh, you ever seen that movie Mortal Kombat Annihilation? Um, years ago, yeah. Do you remember? You probably don't, but there's a scene like when. I don't know, they open up the dimension to the underworld or wherever Uh, the Mortal Kombat (laughs) tournament takes place. They're in, like, Malaysia on some temple. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, fast forward, all of a sudden black clouds roll in, and it's like, oh, Mortal Kombat is on. And that's what it looked like. I remember looking away for a split second, going to the bathroom or something, and then coming back, and it was pitch black Mm -hmm. in Sao Paulo. Mm -hmm. It was a trip. And then 30 minutes later, there was roofs blowing off of, you know, tents, and the paddock was getting torn apart. You had people... Like vendors barely holding on to their giant things of Heineken. Yeah, t- tons of rain. All the, everybody soaked. Uh, apparently, Sao Paulo was kind of a mess afterwards. A lot really? of people trying just to leave the circuit, having trouble. Trucks getting stuck and blocking roads, and mm-hmm. it was just. It there was, was a giant down. tropical storm going down. Yeah, going on down there. Like I don't know if you saw, it, but Acapulco got completely destroyed. Oh really? Yeah. The city of Acapulco, yeah. I thought that was earlier than that. it. Was, I mean, it wasn't around the exact same time. It was probably about a week or so earlier mm-hmm. than this, but it's the same storm front moving. I'm sure. 
Okay. I'm no meteorologist, but I'm guessing it all has you know something to do with each other. Yeah. But crazy. Um, who was it that got caught out? Um, I think Lando. Again. Lando again in qualifying. So he only started, uh, what was it? P- P9? Uh, he, P5. P7, he qualified P7, yeah. Started uh, sixth because of... Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, because of Leclerc. No, let's see. Uh, who was it that got? So you got Matt. So here's the qualifying. You got Max, Charles, Lance, Fernando. Yeah, Lance Stroll qualifying in third. Yeah, I know. That's pretty amazing. I mean, in the wet, he had a little bit of a wet track to get that on, and he's just really good in the wet. So, uh, but yeah, like it's funny to say, Lance Stroll really good at anything. Yeah, it's kind but of, he is when he got his one pole position. In Turkey, it was in the wet. Oh, uh, so Russell took a two-place grid penalty. Oh, that's impeding. right. Impeding why. in the, um, yeah. was it in the pit lane? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was another thing this weekend because they changed the rules after last weekend about where the cars can uh, like stall, or stall in order to uh, build a little bit of a gap on the track for them to go out. So uh, last week in Mexico, they were... A lot of the drivers were doing it at the exit of the pit lane. And then they changed that rule as to that they can only do it on like the pit exit mm-hmm. for like making it so that their only real place for them to do it was on the pit exit. So that's where you saw like a couple of cars going slow and then Max going around on the outside yeah, overtaking, and overtaking the everybody. Yeah. That was funny looking. Um, it almost so, looked like he was avoiding a giant accident. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the thing, it just seemed like it was more chaotic than it was yeah. when they had it on the pit exit. So. I, I don't know. They keep changing the rules, trying to make this better for everybody. I understand they don't want people being driving slow on the track. So trying to figure out a way to allow them to do this in the pit lane where it doesn't cause too much chaos, yeah. I think is, is probably the best move. But I think maybe there's, there still could be a better solution to it. But Maybe um, upping the pit lane speed a little bit. So they can get ex- exit maybe or something. I don't so know. they can get up to speed quicker. I don't know. I don't know. It's complicated, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, a couple of people got, uh, got screwed with not having the ability to get in a second lap. Yeah. I um, don't know what McLaren is thinking and I'm not going to try and outthink them, but this is the second week in a row that they, uh, put Lando out late or, you know, took a gamble on not on basically trying to save tires, save fresh tires for the race. Mm-hmm by having Lando do limited number of laps and then getting caught out by either a yellow flag or red flag for racing conditions. But two weeks in a row, goddamn. Yeah, and I mean, they didn't even run soft tires or anything in practice, so they knew they had the pace and Mm -hmm. really were uh, trying to conserve and capitalize on qualifying. Yeah. It didn't really really work out for them, but... uh, in the in the sprint, Lando actually qualified on pole uh, for uh, in the sprint shootout, which was pretty cool to see. Yeah, surprising to himself. I don't know if you if you heard his radio. He was like, "Wow, really?" Yeah. Well, I think most people had uh, were kind of surprised by their actual lap time because I think uh, I forget what exactly the conditions that were uh, happening at the time, but. I remember Max uh, saying too that he felt like it was like a, this, one of the slowest laps he had done in the whole like little sprint. Hmm. I wonder shootout. if it was just wind. Yeah, maybe something like that. But uh, uh, anyways, uh, we saw uh, uh, at the sprint start, Max, uh, even though Lando had the the pole uh, position to start from, Max before they even got to turn one was able to make the move. He got a really quick jump on him, and yeah, I think. I think Lando might have got a little bit of wheel spin because he didn't have, by the time he was able to try and fend off Max, it was just too late. Yeah. At, when I was first watching it, I was like, man, Lando, not again. Like, it was too easy on him. But then rewatching it, uh, I was like, yeah, he really didn't have anything that he could do there. So, yeah. I, I mean, I say this a lot, but I do not like having P1 be on the outside. And that's the way it's set up at if not all, then at least most mm-hmm. tracks. It seems like P2 is the most conducive to your race start at most F1 tracks. Yeah. No matter how much length they give you in between slots, it seems like P2 on the inside is the best way to go. Yeah, just being on that side of the track yeah. definitely gives you an advantage. 
So maybe that is good. Yeah. In, in so he loses it out. Um, sprint race was good overall. Yeah, definitely a preview of what we got to see on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, some great drives from uh, a few drivers. Yuki getting up into sixth. That was pretty cool to see. Um, Ricardo, uh, his battle with Carlos was pretty cool. He was able to make the move on Carlos, but that was really cool to see. Um, I would awesome. say good good weekend for the AlphaTauri team overall, right? Like their their pace that they've shown from you know what what was before Mexico from Coda to Mexico to now mm-hmm. it's only gotten steadily better. Yeah, or 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 at least we've seen the improvements be consistent. Yeah, right? so or uh, you know see their improvements come to fruition at least you know yeah more so, and more. So they're definitely in a better spot. Not not nearly the slowest car like they had at the beginning of the season. So yeah. Good for them. Uh, Ricardo had a little bit of a struggle, struggle, like I said, in the uh, race with Carlos. Um, Williams just really struggled this weekend altogether. Yeah. Um, no but, real pace for but them. But more importantly, the Mercedes. This was the first glimpse of uh, how bad Sunday was going to be for them. Yeah. Just both started, uh, see, four and f- fourth and fifth. Uh, Russell and Hamilton on the sprint uh, start, and then they both finished uh, Lewis in seventh and George in fourth. George in fourth. So, and those sound better than how everything looked because they looked a little bit racy, like you know, in in tight with somebody in a slipstream and and you know, uh, DRS zones and all that. But as soon as they hit clean air, the drag resistance on that car would just complete. It was like a parachute. Yeah. Way too much downforce on that car. Yeah. Again, uh, these sprint weekends really uh, brings a big challenge for teams to get it right. And just within that first hour, mm-hmm. Mercedes just got for it wrong. Reason didn't didn't get it right. So uh, those two practice sessions, I think, are uh, much more important than people were realizing because there's been a pushback for practice to either to either get rid of practices or to stop showing them on the broadcast at least. I, I enjoy watching. Uh, I like watching practice. Personally. Like yeah. three practice sessions. That's kind of a lot. I maybe sometimes skip the third one, you know, but yeah. like uh, in general on these kind of kind of weekends, it's fun on Friday to kind of see where the cars are at, get a, little, a bunch of information about mm-hmm. like what's happened in the week building up to this and then kind of using that information to make I'm curious, decisions yeah. for fantasy. You know? I'm curious if there's going to be kickback from teams like Mercedes for, you know, the seasons to come or, at least maybe like 2026 with new regulations and all that shit, if they're going to push to get an FP2 on sprint weekends. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they don't... I don't know. I I think with them wanting to do more sprints next year, might have to do something yeah. along those lines just to make it... But at the same time, it is kind of cool to see that challenge. I like teams, it, yeah. But having it be like half of the races I think is probably a bit much, but it kind of sucks for Lewis and, and Mercedes as a total, because I think they're the heavily favorite team in Mercedes or in, in Brazil. Mm -hmm. It seems like a little bit of a home race for them, especially for Lewis. You know, you had George winning it last year. I mean, he's a a Brazilian citizen. So yeah, uh, he's an honorary Brazilian citizen. Yeah. They absolutely love him there, which is funny because he's got a, he's got a lawsuit going on right now. With a Brazilian, with Felipe Massa. Oh, well, for it's the not, OA it's, championship. It's not a lawsuit against him. What is it? It's not against him, but it's it's an arbitration against his championship versus Felipe Massa. Yeah. Um, going to court with the FIA or Formula One. Yeah. Over. Uh, and he was there this weekend. Massa was. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I didn't see him, but I, I believe it. I wonder if uh, him and Lewis ever run into each other and how awkward that must be. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they have. Yeah. And maybe not that uh, recently, but. Um, yeah. I do think uh, Massa has a point to at least go to court about it, but that's for another that's for another podcast. But uh, the sprint wraps up with Max Verstappen finishing in first. Uh, who Lando on second? Lando and second. Sergio second. with a third place finish. Yeah. You, lo- you love to see it, even <laughs> even if it's sprint. just a sprint. You love to see Checo back on a podium. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So uh, rounded out with. Uh, Basically, just an amalgamation of Haas's, um, Alfa Romeos, and then um, Williams. 
Yeah. So uh, onto the race, um, Ferraris didn't necessarily look that great in the sprint. Um, maybe like the fourth fastest car overall this weekend, but um, but Charles Leclerc does some Charles Leclerc stuff, puts it P two in qualies P2 to go back quali. to Friday. Amazing uh, job for Leclerc to to qualify where he did. Unfortunately. He does not get to participate in the race because on the formation lap, uh, I don't know, remember what turn it was, but he ends up uh, losing control of his car going into the wall. Apparently he had hydraulic failure and hydraulics failed him. Yeah. And then uh, same turn that he crashed on. I think it was last year. I don't know if it was pre-race or in the race. I'm pretty sure it was in the race, but another failure too. Yeah. Wasn't even his fault. Yeah. So Charles quote said, uh, why the fuck am I so unlucky? (laughs) So I definitely it, was feeling feeling it for him. Uh, this, just, do you think it's luck or do you think it's a Charles Leclerc thing? I mean, something like that, that's completely out of his control. That, so, in that instance, yeah, but then he's also got, I think there's a little bit of blame that you can put on him in other areas. Not, not this one particular, but um, he's starting to remind me a little bit of Lando at the beginning of the season where he's just like, woe is me chagrin 24 7 you know what i mean like he's starting to realize that things just really really are not going to go the way that he ever envisioned them at ferrari and i don't know if you know this but they're in contract talks right now yeah uh ferrari trying to extend with him and lock him in for probably as long as they can but definitely some confidence uh waning from charles so uh if you're charles what do you do because when is his contract up is it this year or does it go to 2026 I think he's 2025 at least right now. So. so he's through next year, and they're starting contract talk. So if you're Charles Leclerc, do you do you see it out and go like, all right, let me sign a two-year deal for 26 and 27 so I can get one year under new regulations and then a follow-up year. And then if you guys don't get this shit together, if you don't gut the pit crew and get me a real fucking race engineer who can give me some good strat, I'm gone. Do you, what yeah, do you, I'm. I, I think that... If they want to lock him in for a long term, that's going to be really hard to do. I, it's more like they're going to have to throw a bunch of money at him and they're going to have to promise a lot of things. But the likelihood of that happening, I think, is very slim. I Honestly, like I feel like what we're going to hear about is maybe a one or two year extension. And that's pretty much it. That's what I think it's going to be. I so, think he's literally going to dip his toes in the water of the new regulations, yeah. see how the team looks. And then if it doesn't, he's yeah. going to call Mercedes. I mean, even... I don't know. I mean, Charles is still pretty young, but he's he's experienced now. Uh, for him to, I mean, drivers in his position, I don't. I found it hard to see them signing anything longer than like a three year deal. You know, like I don't like the Lando five year deal thing. Like that's a long time. In that's it. a long time, and and I don't. I think that's more rare than mm-hmm. than what I don't know we might think of it. You know, but. I think we're used to that in other sports where they sign a long-term deal just to lock down a deal. Mm-hmm. But these guys, it's different because there's so few spots and yeah. they're all vying for a championship. You're not just signing a contract to to remain employed. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them wants a championship drive. Mm-hmm. So They want to be in a car that's competitive. And exactly. All that so especially the shorter the contract, the more conducive it is to your career. Yeah, especially when you're somebody like Charles who... You Highly know, touted. Yeah, has the talent to go out there and get wins and possibly even championships. So there's many teams on the grid that which they would love to have him. So uh-huh. uh, Ferrari, he needs to relax. I think he needs to go see Checo's performance coach and therapist or whatever. He needs to just get zoned back in. Go ahead. What about Ferrari? Um, what about Ferrari? I, well, I rough go for them this weekend. Uh, yeah. Uh, Carlos was able to bring it home. Uh, some brilliant defending. Uh, got a got a sixth place. Uh, but let's start. What, what what were you going to touch on right there? Because I say we talk about the start of the race. I was going just trying to get to the perf. Yeah. So um, so going back to lap one. Uh, before we even get to turn one at the actual race start, we see uh, the two Hosses and Albon uh, Albon's Williams going three wide. Um, unfortunately, K Mag kind of gets K-Mag. pinched, yeah, uh, and then run, hits into Albon, taking him out. Uh, they both go out. 
Uh, one, I think it was K-Mag's tire goes flying into the air. It hit Daniel Ricardo's halo. Hit, I hit his rear wing. Oh, his rear wing. You're yeah. Right. Uh, Oscar got, I think it was like the back of K-Mag's car, hit the rear end of his car. You're, uh, that's actually really crazy to think about. That's a few, I mean, thousands of a second away from Daniel Ricardo's neck possibly snapping. <laughs> I mean... That's kind of what the halo is there for. Like his head may be popping out a little bit, but I don't you don't think it could have hit him hard enough. I mean, he's got the Hans device too, but that's happened in the past. It happened in IndyCar. I don't know if they, and they don't have exactly the halo, but they have the windshield. I don't know if it was used back then or if they had the Hans device, but a driver got hit in the head by a tire and it killed him. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a scary moment for it's him. Scary. Uh, at that point, the race was red. Imagine <laughs> Daniel Ricardo goes back out. Oh my gosh. It's two races uh, at mm. a time and then he has to go back out, but. Uh, yeah, so red races, red flagged, uh, everybody gets to go back to the garage before that, before, I mean, it's officially red flag Lando gains. What was it? Five positions. He goes, he got seven to P two. Well, he started with from sixth. He's six up to P two. So he he gains four positions off that launch. Beautiful launch from him. Amazing start for him. Plus, I mean, I don't know where he was out on the grid. I think he's on the left side. So, yeah, he's on Leclerc's side, so there's more clean air there for him, too. Mm-hmm. And then he just basically gets to chew up um, an Aston Martin or two mm-hmm. and then park himself right up behind Max and then clean start for him on on the next restart. Yeah, so uh, at the next restart, uh, just kind of sets off the 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 stints for, uh, for everybody. So we got to see... Lando following behind it with uh, Max. Uh, about lap nine, Lando puts the pressure on mm-hmm. and actually uh, goes for a couple attempts to pass Max. Uh, at this time, uh, you and me are jumping up and down, screaming. Yeah. Just so stoked to see it looked like anybody yeah. and then go and like try to give it to Max. This was know, especially the, that early. Yeah, this was maybe the first time all season, and it's crazy to say this at this point in the season with just two races left, but that might be the first time that we saw Max get truly defensive. Yeah, I mean, I think there was probably a bunch of those moments earlier on, especially him battling with Checo and stuff like that in the beginning rounds, but... Mm-hmm. but Hard to remember, this, though. In it's this, been like, so long. I know, that's what I'm saying. In this like last half of the season he hasn't really been challenged much at all. So to see this, like it, and like, it's been getting tighter and tighter and tighter as the races have been going on, but like an actual, like on track battles, Max has been pretty, uh, just on his own. So yeah. to see Lando just really Put challenge him. There. Yeah. Challenge him early too. It was kind of, it was good to see. It was questionable. as like what the strategy was there, but, um, it, it was cool to see them challenge. So, yeah. And it, it was um, it was good to see, but then also as soon as Max realized that Lando has the power and obviously the capability of putting that on, you saw Max kicking into another gear immediately, mm-hmm. and he started lapping by about 0.5 seconds a lap on Lando. And yeah. shortly thereafter, he was about seven seconds up. So like, it, it just goes to show that when Max wants to turn it on, he can turn it on. Even when things are close... Max is still a step ahead. Yeah. And it's it's just, it's the combination of car and driver. Yeah. And it's frustrating, I think, for Lando because he finally has a sniff at, you know, a true competitive car. That car is good. He said it himself. He thinks that that McLaren actually does have more power mm-hmm. than the Red Bull but with the Mercedes power unit and their, their design. But up against the power that the Red Bull has combination Max... It's so, so hard for Lando. Yeah. And in, in over a distance, the yeah. Red Bull is a lot uh, easier on the tires. So mm-hmm. over the one lap, Lando's right there next to him. But, right. But, you know, you stack up 70 laps. Then yeah. that's where you're going to get the eight, nine second gap. Yeah. So, uh, albeit um, amazing weekend for Lando. Oscar, it's kind of rough. Him taking the damage first lap really kind of screwed him. Yeah. He didn't have a great sprint either. He started what P ten? Yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. Um, I don't know if that's partially just him being out of sync, him uh, you know not being as familiar with this track. But uh, you know, all to, you know, wasn't terrible. I guess. Yeah, still I was, getting in there, getting a point for the team. I, I'll I'll take it. I was thinking about that. You know, we myself included have all like really highly touted Oscar 
as you know rookie of the year, and I think he still deserves that. But we were maybe a little bit too quick to jump the gun because at every track where Oscar hasn't raced, Coda, Mexico City, and now Brazil, you're starting to really see the rookie in him come out where he's unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. He doesn't tend to have the same bit of you know rookie dominance that he's had. Mm-hmm. He's more middle of the pack. And that's just that's just rookie things. It's not to take away from him, but it's it's uh it just goes to show how much experience can matter and in, in, in a lot of these places. Yeah. So uh speaking of middle of the pack, we saw the Mercedes starting from fifth, uh Charles or George Russell starting from eighth. Um, not necessarily the greatest qualifying positions, but uh even worse for them uh throughout the race, like we said. Just falling back uh, throughout the race. They were really trying really hard to defend um, against Perez, uh, against uh, Carlos. Uh, him and him and George had another some more battles, but yeah, Mercedes. Like if you're <laughs> looking forward to the rest of the year, like is there anything to look forward to, or do you just kind of are you? Uh, I think just, they bounce back in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, if I think. What were his loose comments? Like he's just ready to be over this year and ready to look forward to the next car. Like which is just, yeah, which is crazy because he's still like forty points out. I mean, Checo took a nice chunk out of uh, you know Lewis's gain, whatever you want to call it, on him. But Lewis is still close to P two, mm-hmm. so for him to be throwing in the towel, I think is crazy. I think that's just a little bit of what Lewis does until there's like brighter horizons. Like when things go bad at Mercedes, Lewis tends to be a little bit of a baby. Yeah, I mean, like it, I don't know if you remember Spain a year or two ago when Lewis started like he was like P19 ends up finishing like P5 or P3. Yeah. I mean, here here's the thing. Like with Lewis, you can only take what he says on the radio during a race with a grain of salt. Yeah. yeah. So cuz a lot of times when he does that, and he ends up coming out with great performance, you kind of realize, oh. A little sandbag? Maybe not sandbag, or you're trying to throw people off, mm. you know, trying to get them to go take a pit stop when they don't really need to. You know, yeah. certain things like that. So it's a little bit of strategy on his part. But, yes, been very vocal after the races, uh, talking about the car, trying to remain optimistic, but especially when they've had, like, two pretty good finishes before this weekend, right? Like, mm. Lewis finishing... Uh, was it P two in in Coda, third in uh, yeah. in Mexico? Like some like showing that they have like pretty good pace, and then just this pre- uh, sprint flop. sprint weekend, the one hour practice really screwed them. So, yeah. you um, know maybe that's all it could be, but uh, yeah, not a good weekend for them overall. And then Georgia ends up DNFing. I don't I don't know if you caught why that even happened. I didn't. No idea. They just pulled him into the garage, and I cheered. I mean, there was a lot of. Uh, just like mechanical issues for cars mm-hmm. uh, this week. I think maybe just because being at the end of the season, uh, a lot of parts running uh, towards the end of their life. Uh, you know, heat was a little bit of an issue maybe. Yeah, that could be uh, it. Both Alfa Romeos went out. Um, mm-hmm. Terrible so, weekend for them. Yeah. That was a, a missed opportunity by the TV direction. How do you feel? A lot of people are complaining about the TV direction overall, not just at Interlagos, but like lately. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, um, late race, you know, excitement mm-hmm. going on and then missing it so that they can cut away to Max crossing the line and then cut away to the garage. But I didn't see the George DNF. I didn't see a whole lot. I don't remember seeing the Alfa Romeos. It was just sort of like, oh, and, and now they've gone out. And then. Yeah, I know, know Joe went out like lap 22, like super early. So. Mm. Tough for them, uh, uh, but nonetheless, uh, so it was about around lap 30 or so, maybe 34, we saw the battle between Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso start. This, this was the real race. Once we realized that Lando was kind of, ru- that Lando was running his own race, ahead of him Max was running his own race, mm-hmm. I had hopes, you know, for something to happen there, but this is what made Interlagos, Interlagos was these two, mm-hmm. uh, Fernando and Checo. Yeah, just, I mean, it didn't really heat up, heat up until maybe the last 15 laps or so, but mm-hmm. it was just probably some of the, the greatest driving of the year. You yeah. know, one of the best battles, I think, of the year was get to see them going back and forth. Uh, 
Checo just, I think maybe for a little while playing it, playing it cool, not trying to be too aggressive. I mean, we've seen uh, a few moments from him recently where he just getting a little overzealous, yeah, sending it too hard on the inside and ends up ruining his race. So it's almost funny because I have harped on Checo for going too hard at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. And then he plays it cool. He goes the safe route. And now I'm sitting here like, why the fuck didn't you go earlier? I mean, I, you could see where he, at a certain point he was like charging his battery. And yeah. Then, and then uh, I think. But then by the end it was gone. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like Fernando was just able to, to just mount a great defense. Mm-hmm. He was apparently going, changing his lines uh, from lap to lap. Uh, changing where he used his uh, ERS boost just to throw off Sergio, just to maybe confuse him, allow him not to be able to set up the right turn, you know, yeah. not not so that he couldn't anticipate where Fernando was going. Just doing like very non-traditional driving, um, yeah. which is a brilliant defense. Mm-hmm. I, I, want, I, I wonder how often he uses that type of a thing because we've seen him do some amazing defensive driving, like when he basically won the race for... Um, Ocon in Hungary a couple years ago. Yeah. Wonder if he was kind of using the same sort of wild tactics, but I mean that just goes to show that, that old dog still has a lot of just race smart in him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that, and that's I mean that's why I, one of the reasons why I love Formula One is because you get to see the mm-hmm. that type of racing uh, displayed. Right, you mm-hmm. get to see uh, a guy that's been around for a long time and has won some championships, just going out there and like racing clean racing hard and putting on a great show. And yeah. it was really cool to see. And I think uh sucks for Checo that this circuit, there's only maybe two places you can really pass. Uh, it's turn one and turn four. And uh, the way it was set up, you know, uh, uh, he, he, he got back in front of Alonzo going into turn one. And then you only have a couple turns in order to set up to build a gap so that he can't be in your DRS yeah. going into the next uh turn four yeah, so the drs zones are back to back that was uh the, in the in the front there yeah yeah some people don't like it i think it makes interlagos what it is mm. is uh having those right there a little bit of controversy and i had never really paid too much attention to this I, i'd kind of noticed it but never thought too much into it some people are saying that should the finish line be moved up to the starting line checo should have won that position or he would have yeah yeah i mean he would have you know timing wise but the way it's set up is there's a starting line, and then at the back of the grid is the finishing line. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, shouldn't the finish line be the starting line? Because uh, you have this gap in between yeah, the two that's sort of international waters. You would think that that would be the way to do it, but there's right? a lot of tracks where it's not the case. Yeah. Right? So I don't, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know if every track is the same. Maybe it's it's where the last car is. So yeah, that, so that the, I believe that's where it's at. So that there's like the cars in the back are not having to technically go a longer distance or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know, but uh, but yeah. Anyways, uh, like we said, uh, that battle came down to the last lap. Um, Literally, check. the it was point zero five three seconds apart. Yeah, so five thousandths. Uh, just one of the. Greatest photo finishes yeah. of uh, this this recent. Uh, era, I so. thought for a second. I thought Checo got it because he actually he he got great exits out of those last few corners to try and catch Fernando. Um, I thought he got it on the line, but it was so close. But I mean, the battle between them was all time trading places in the DRS two or three times on the very last lap. Um, Fernando's amazing defensive efforts and then, uh, yeah, brings it home. And then a big hug between the two of them at the end of the race. Yeah, that was, that was great. That was I mean, great. that's it, that's what you want to see. You want to see that sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Checo, I mean, that podium was huge for both drivers. Right. It would have been huge for, for both drivers, right? So uh sucks for Checo to miss out, but for him to just go through that battle and to keep it cool and to really bring it home in the way he did, I think, is, yeah. is a great weekend for him. You know, it's actually together. probably really good for him to get a nice battle like that in. Mm-hmm. You know, whether he he loses it, but it's not like he really lost it. It was a point zero five three seconds away, you know, so like a, a tight battle. Yeah, one more lap and he could have... One more lap home. and it was done. Yeah. We all thought it was over when he passed Fernando in the DRS about halfway through the last lap, but Fernando just dogged it out and ran, got him back. Beautiful. Um yeah, just great. 
So uh, with Alonzo securing the podium, and we got to see Lance Stroll fin- finishing in fifth. Does that he, mean he had a little pep in his step this weekend? Yeah. So does that mean we can dispel some of the Lance rumors and we can say maybe Aston's back? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what to do with this. Like. You could say, you know, people could look at the Fernando Alonso and Checo battle as like, man, Checo really should have had that. He's in the faster car. He's in the Red Bull. But that Aston Martin looked great, Mm -hmm. and it was a good drive, a great drive from Fernando Alonso. To say that the Aston is back completely, I don't know. We need one more look at it. But they definitely look better. And there's a big shift in both of their attitudes, particularly Lance Stroll. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that dispels the rumors of, you know, Lance Stroll's exit or or what, but he he spoke to media and he drove in a way that we haven't seen him drive since pre-Canada. Mm-hmm. Looks like a completely different guy. Yeah, and I feel like that's some of that is just confidence with the car, right? Where Maybe. Where they feel like after, especially after the sprint was pretty decent, um, knowing that he qualified in third, uh, I think that definitely helped him just going into the race uh yeah, you know, being being more confident and just feeling like he's doing a good job, right? So. Yeah, I for one really, really hope that they're back, just so that going into the last two races of this season, we can get another four team fight mm-hmm. between. Uh, hopefully, the Mercedes comes back, but hopefully, uh, you know, Red Bull, McLaren, I think are going to be on pace. But if the Aston Martins there and the Mercedes can get themselves back up, I don't think Ferrari's going to do too much outside of you know a great one lap. From both of them? Yeah, so right now, Aston is uh, 21 points behind McLaren for fourth. So Wow, so they can really put in another bid if they get things going mm-hmm. and if Oscar stays in the form that he's in. That's going to be close. That's going to be a fun battle to watch for the, rest, for the remaining two, two And races. then we got a 20-point difference between Mercedes and Ferrari. So, And for Mercedes is leading that? Yeah. So it's Mercedes to lose in the yeah, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's gonna be nice. So the season's not all you know, yeah, not quite over the way that we're led to believe with Max and Red Bull dominating the way they have. Speaking of Ferrari, where do you think Charles would have finished? Man, where did Carlos finish? Sixth. I I think Chuck probably. Jeez, that would have changed the race completely. Yeah, but I'm thinking I, fourth or fifth. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking they didn't have quite the same pace that the Astons or the Red Bulls had, so I feel like they're probably either uh, six and seven, like, or fifth and six, and maybe maybe getting ahead of Lance or something. Maybe but. it would have changed the race altogether. So I kind of got to be like. As sad as it is, thank God that Charles Leclerc had that hydraulic failure or we wouldn't have gotten the Fernando Alonso and and Sergio Perez battle. Well, so uh, recapping our predictions for the weekend, you said no Williams in Q3. And uh, sure enough, um, I don't think... There weren't. No. So uh, it's one point for you, Max. You had Max not winning the race, Mm. which, hey. Hey, I tried. You tried. So DR in the points. I don't know. Did he... Dude, I don't think he did because he struggled. Uh, Daniel Ricardo finished for thirteenth. Thirteenth. So what about in the sprint? Would sprint points count? Oh, actually, it would count. Uh, but he got ninth, so one Dude, position out of one position out. out of points, and that was after the battle with um, Carlos. With Carlos, he yeah. finished. God, he finished point. Jeez, I don't even know what was that point. I can't even do the math. Two seconds behind him. Uh, so I had a Lewis podium, which didn't happen. Um, I had Lando podium, which did happen. Which did happen. Wow, bold! And then <laughs> Yuki clean sweep, and um, he did right. I, I think he did. He did. Good, good on you, mate. All right, let's do um, props and flops, and then uh, fantasy recap. Okay. Uh, who's your big? How do you want to do props and flops? Do you want to do it unlimited, or do you want to do? I mean, you can. I, I feel like you can play fast and loose with it. You can give out a few. You can give out um, just one. 
I got two props. Um, Aston Martin. As a whole. As a whole. Props okay. to you guys. Uh, and then props to Checo for getting a little bit of a, a recovery drive, you know, mm-hmm. in here. And then, uh, you know, maybe getting a little bit of his mojo back after having a really, really, really bad weekend in Mexico. And I guess you could say props to Lando on jumping four places off the line and, and kind of saving your weekend there. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of putting in potentially a little bit of a a, a bid for the win, but not really. Uh, yeah, I would agree with the, all, all three of those props. Do you have anything, any others? Not really. Uh, you almost got to give a little bit, like, some props to Logan Sargent. He was just outside the points. Yeah, um, but... You know, there was also like six or seven cars that went out. So yeah. uh, I feel like uh, it was, uh, was it four or five cars? Five, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess good for you, Logan. But, uh, you know, I know he personally wish he had a better weekend. So he was pretty chipper in the uh, in the post race interview. But that's just you're probably right. It's just because those cars went out. Otherwise, he would have been. And that's basically what he said. He was like, didn't really feel that great about yeah. himself. So. Um, I got a lot of flops. How about you? Um, I think biggest flop, just Mercedes as I, a whole. That's my number one. Just you guys can't be screwing it up like that. Yeah. You know, like I, I understand it's a sprint and it's tough, but it just shows that this has been a, a running theme I yeah. think, throughout the year, right? So uh, I, that was my number one. Yeah. So to, quote, to quote Gunther Steiner, you have to be Beto. You have to be Beto. I have a... Uh, and I kind of want to rescind this, but I put Charles Leclerc as a flop. Kind of not his fault, but he needs to get that rain cloud away from him. And then Alfa Romeo, big flop, double DNF. Then I have Oscar Piastri as a flop. Um, middle and back of the pack a little bit for the entire weekend. Meanwhile, your teammate is running in P2. There was a moment, I forget which race it was. I don't remember if it was a sprint or if it was the Grand Prix, but he was running P19. While Lando was in second, hmm. a lot of that could have probably been pit strategy, but to be there when your teammate is running in pit P two, that's a terrible look. You're talking about the race. I don't remember which one it was. Well, see, in the race, he took damage on the first lap, so I can't really, <laughs> yeah, I can't really base anything off of what happened in the race on flop. him. So flop. Um, but I have a question. Sure. Prop or flop for Yuki Sonoda. Where do we put him in this? Because <sighs> let's talk about Yuki for a second. Yeah, I was hoping you didn't want to bring this up. The Alpha Tauri has suddenly become middle-of-the-pack competitive. In Mexico City, it was good. In Brazil, it looked good for both drivers. And Yuki has gotten himself into these good spots, these cushiony spots. And then with no traffic around him, no other car in sight, he loses it and goes off the track. Twice in Mexico... Twice in Sao Paulo. Yeah, he's got a nobody around him. Yeah, he's got to keep his head head together. You know, he's just getting a little too too worked up. I think in in those scenarios, and he needs to learn to play it. Cool. Yeah, it's hard to give him either one. It's hard to give him a prop because he drives and he gets him into a position to have a good race, and then in the race he fucks it up on his own. Yeah, I mean, he finished seven seconds off of Lewis. I think maybe over the race he could have managed to. He uh, lost four or five seconds by getting himself out of the fucking grass. That's what I'm saying. Like uh, <laughs> two he, times. So he could have easily been seventh or eighth. So uh, Shit. yeah. I mean, you think about it. It could have been better. You don't know what kind of damage that put on his tires, getting himself out of there, the lockup, whatever. You know. Yeah. Man. But, but it wasn't a complete disaster. So that's why I didn't want to include him in the flop. So, uh, but. Definitely I, could have been better. He need, I, he can't he needs to cut out those mistakes. For yeah. me, he's in a no man's land. Like he's in between the two of them because he does have good race pace and good racing. Like he was competitive multiple times. Mm-hmm. Made overtakes, went wheel to wheel with a couple guys, but then fucks shit up. Even when he went wheel to wheel with one of the hosses, he made a mistake and lost out and then had to regain all that time regain track position and it's like that could have all been going towards advancing your position ahead instead mm-hmm. of recovering and that's literally nothing but his fault mm-hmm. dude needs to chill yeah frustrating uh so two more races left to go on the year um, holy shit i can't believe it 
I know it's crazy. It's crazy. We've hit, uh, this is the 21st, technically one race didn't run, but, um, where do you feel like this one stacks up? Man, factoring in a great sprint race, some qualifying drama with the rain and Lando be getting, be getting, Lando be getting caught out. One, two. I, I don't know if I can go that. You think it's not better than Zanvort? No, because I feel like a, a, a good portion of this race was kind of boring. It, it didn't really. Uh, From about 25 to like 45. To like. To like 60. 60, yeah. 60 pretty much. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, oh, before we wrap, I want to talk about some strat that happened too. And I feel like the, the battle, although. It was pretty amazing between uh, Sergio and Fernando. It was only for third, so the stakes True. weren't as high as say what like the battle that we saw in Singapore was like a three or four way battle for, for first. first. That yeah. was pretty amazing. So, and Monza for what was it second? Yeah. No, that was for third as well. That was for. Why don't we go? Um, why I don't we put it fifth? Se- I was gonna say maybe seventh. Really? Yeah. Then we're going to have to split the difference, I think, because I would say fifth above Monza. Okay, so after Monza ahead of Mexico. Yeah. I want to talk about um, the McLaren strategy. So Max Verstappen pits late to go for a new set of softs, and McLaren decides to follow. Yeah. When they had Lando on like 20-some-odd old medium tires, Mm Mm-hmm. Max Pitts, Lando's in first, leading the Grand Prix after that pit stop with 11 laps to go. I wanted to see McLaren take a gamble and just leave Lando out on those soft tires. I don't know why. It would have been a closer shootout to the line. Mm -hmm. It would have been a risk. Odds are Max would have caught him because he was outpacing by half a second or more on those soft tires, but it would have taken them to the line and offered a defensive effort, offered ERS, a DRS battle. Mm Mm-hmm. On old tires, granted, odds are they lose the fight, but it gives them a much closer gap than to just follow suit and pit for brand new soft tires as well. The only advantage that they got was that Lando did get fastest lap. Am I right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, I think he took fastest lap and got that extra point, which, yes, they're... They want that because either way, the way they're looking at it is, oh, we're most likely going to get P2 regardless. Yeah. We might as well take fastest lap. I say let the young man go for it. Yeah. It's Give tough. him his pie. He Because he, even though he's doing well, he's looking like sad Lando again at the end of these races. Like he won the sprint shootout and then they ask him, Lando, how do you feel going into tomorrow? And he still is just like, I don't know. I mean, we still have Max in a Red Bull right behind us, so we'll see. Like, he, he just doesn't have the confidence. Let him fucking race, man. Give him a like. Give him the confidence to be like, we're gonna put it in your hands. We're gonna take a gamble, and we're gonna let you just go for it, mm. even if it's a risk. I don't know. That would be fun to see, but I can understand why they want to cover off and protect. And Play just, it safe. Yeah, but yeah, Come on, I, I agree. It would be fun to see. Um, so. But that Lando win is coming. I'm telling you, it's on the horizon. Whether it's going to be uh, sometime this year, which would be goddamn sex, or uh, early next year. But then, if we're we're counting on it for next year, we have to be relying on the fact that McLaren has a good package for next year, which I gives me butterflies in my stomach to think about whether or not they're gonna. I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. I'd like to see what their. Um you know, after they after the end of this year, um, what their earnings will be, mm. and looking at the investment and like what actual earnings they got from it, I'm because I'm sure it's probably pretty good. I think it's going to be a nice package, but I just wouldn't be shocked if they didn't put together a good one. I don't know; it just makes me nervous. Um, fantasy recap: Let's do it. So rough one um, for old Chancer. I fucked up. I haven't even looked at it. You haven't? I, well, I shouldn't say I fucked up. I got boned in Coda because I had double DNFs from Lewis Hamilton and from Charles Leclerc because of the skid plate infractions. Mm, Yeah. And then this week, I, what did I do? I, 
forgot because it was <laughs> <laughs> because it was a um, sprint weekend. So you screwed. It was up. a sprint weekend, and the timing of the lockout was. I I thought qualifying was at two p.m. our time. Mm. It was at eleven a.m. our time. So I was in the bathroom checking my fantasy team, and eleven hit, and my team locked up. I actually wanted to get rid of Sergio Perez and Oscar Piastri. Sergio Perez ended up getting me some nice points. Oscar didn't. Uh, meanwhile, Susie Wolf stand account. She uh, played her two X chip on Lando and had Fernando and Gasly, who both surprisingly put in good races. Either way, regardless, um, I almost played my three X on Max, which I think would have been the weekend to do it. Yeah, because it's the, the last sprint. Yeah, that was my plan, and I didn't get to do it. Yeah. Um, so I lose out there and ended up. Coming in second for the week and losing the lead by seven points. So as it stands right now, Susie Wolf stand account takes first place by seven points over myself. Incident, you remain in third down by 400 points. Yeah, I I actually pulled my limit list this mm-hmm. weekend and uh, stupidly picked the Mercedes. I know, I and did. Ferrari. Oh, God. So I took a DNF on each team. You know, and and I had them as my drivers. So I know uh, you had Lewis, you had George, and you had Chuck. I got the same fate that you had on your pretty limit. much. Yeah, so that's just goes to show uh, how my season has gone. Pretty much that that's a bad beat right there. Um, and then strolling with my homies in fourth, Church of Checos, Church of Checos in fifth. Let's go full throttle. Falls down to six. J Money and KJ remain at the back of the pack. Fun stuff. Two races left. Not only are there a lot of positions on the grid that are going to be highly contested and a lot of constructors championship positions going to be highly contested, but this fantasy league is going to be highly contested for uh, a number of people. It's going to be tight. Battle for first. There's a four-way battle for fourth. Yeah. So it's pretty pretty tight. Going to be a good one, and I can't believe this. But the next time we see you guys, we will be preparing for the first ever Las Vegas Grand Prix. I remember when it was just a rumor, mm-hmm. and then a couple months later, the ball dropped. They're going to be racing down the Vegas Strip. I can't fucking believe it's here. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun. There's going to be a lot to get into uh, in yeah. our preview episode, but uh, so we'll save some stuff for that. But it's it's going to be cool. There's been a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a lot of anti-hype as well. Mm-hmm. If you live in Nevada, either way, I'm excited about it. I know you guys are. I know the teams and the drivers are. It's going to be the biggest event of the year, so we're excited about it. But this has been the post Brazilian Grand Prix edition, guys. Please remember to follow our YouTube, subscribe to it, whatever the wordage is. Um, share any of our content if you enjoy it. Let your friends know. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Check out our with Koji. Um, check out the merch, the tip jar, and send us some questions. We'll answer them on the show. We appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace. <laughs>